This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and in a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. We'll get his take on things. But first, some of the consumer news from the past week. How much do you need to earn to maintain a normal standard of living in Greater Vancouver. What's the minimum? A new report says it's $25.68 an hour. That's a living wage for people in the Lower Mainland, according to the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And it's 6% higher than it was last year. The report says families have to spend an average $4,000 more in 2023 for the same basket of goods. And the cost of living across the province is still going up. Housing and food were the biggest expenses. We're seeing a lot more electric vehicles on the road. But are the charging stations keeping up with demand? A new audit has found that electric vehicle chargers are being unequally distributed across the country. The report was tabled in the House of Commons, but it didn't get specific about where those gaps are. Here in Vancouver, there are a lot of charging stations, but also lots of concerns about whether we can meet the demand in the future. A report that came out last month by Vancouver's Climate Action Committee says we'll need thousands more chargers if we want to support all the electric vehicles we'll have on the road in the next 10 to 15 years. The province now says it intends to make sure all new cars sold in B.C. by 2035 will be zero emission. But the cost of all those new charging stations could be close to $3 billion. The province has launched its anti-vaping campaign in schools to educate kids. The Ministry of Health says it has sent new anti-vaping posters, signage, and pamphlets to schools across the province, providing information and resources for kids who want to learn more or take steps to quit. This follows a previous campaign that was launched in the spring that was uh, online and through social media platforms. A Winnipeg woman is suing Tim Hortons. She says the server at Timmy's put cream in her tea instead of almond milk, which she asked for. And that led to a severe allergic reaction. Gabrielle Lien Ho has filed a lawsuit against Tim Hortons, along with the company that owns it and the operator of the Winnipeg location that she visited. The lawsuit says she used the Tim Hortons mobile app in June to order tea with almond milk, but she got cream. And it sounds pretty serious. When uh, she drank the cream, she immediately had a reaction, an allergic reaction, and had to go to hospital where staff performed CPR for eight minutes until her heart restarted. The city of Vancouver says the Stanley Park train will return during this holiday season. Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim says the return of the train to operational status was possible thanks to contributions made by several charitable foundations. The vintage 1961 train had been out of service since the fall of 2022. The problem was getting the specialized parts and then all the labor to get it up and running. The train will return for Stanley Park's Bright Nights event, which starts December 1st. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate. We'll hear from John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues 
on CKNW. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it is Vancouver Consumer. Time to talk Vancouver real estate, something that everybody loves to talk about. And it seems like as we move through the fall and into the holiday season, the word is balanced. I keep reading that and I see that word balance all the time as new reports come out like this one from the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver for October, which basically said that last month, the number of sales continued to lag behind the long-term averages while at the same time, we're seeing a slow increase of new properties coming onto the market. So, so more properties for sale, and that is bringing some balance to the market because there are more properties for sale to choose from. Suddenly the buyers have a little bit more power. Remember the days of buyers competing with each other in those bidding wars? Those days, for the most part, I think seem to be gone. Uh, prices were down in October, but just a bit, 0.6% from September in the lower mainland. So it's not a huge shift in the market, but it seems like just a steady movement towards balance. And at the same time, there are a lot of changes in the market. We've got interest rates and all sorts of government things. So what does that mean for the future? What does it mean for you if you're buying or selling? And with us now to help with that question is someone who can help, uh, no matter what the situation. He's a real estate agent who is well-versed in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. He's been doing it for more than 25 years, sold more than a 1,000 properties. He's our friend, Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson of 2% Realtor. JohnnySmartpoint.com is the website, and John Carlson is with us now. Hi, John. How are you? Thank you, Martin. I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate that introduction. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of looking down the barrel of the holidays, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, American Thanksgiving and uh, I, it's probably a good time to sort of look at the big picture of this real estate market and uh, all the changes that are coming down the road. I mean, what are you looking at in terms of, uh, you don't make predictions, but what are some of the, the things that you're th- seeing that you think may have a a bearing on this market? Wow. Well, I mean, you mentioned it, Martin. Um, I'm actually coming up to my 27th anniversary um, as a licensed real estate agent, you know, in Greater Vancouver in the Fraser Valley. So time goes by pretty darn quick, as I think you probably recognize. And, you know, you see a lot of changes in this industry. And it's, you know, over time, I've come to realize that the real estate business, you know, it's an exciting, it's a thrilling uh, industry here in Greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley. Uh, you know, th- it's core to people's livelihoods, you know, their homes, their investments, their family situations. So, you know, I couldn't be more grateful for being involved in in so many transactions and uh, meetings and just giving advice and working on behalf of the people I've been working with in the last little while. And you know, you. I think you hit it right on the head. This this industry, it it, it changes. Everything changes. Financial markets change. Uh, consumer confidence change. You hit it with the interest rates. You know, changing. Although we're not at historic highs, yeah, we've definitely historic, shifted com- gears compared to recent history. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then you look and you see. Well, you know, what did it look like when interest rates were at, at you know five or six percent? 
last time and what were prices like and and you know there's all kinds of geopolitical things going on which are beyond my scope but for me martin you know you asked me about the big picture my job um as as a real estate agent as a professional is really to bring my experience to potential clients who want to talk to me about the process and give them the best advice I can about, you know, what has happened in the past, what is currently, you know, likely to happen and, and what might we be looking at in the future? Because that's kind of the big question I'm getting. A number of trends happening, you know, affordability is an issue. It has been for a long time, but now that interest rates are creeping up, we have homeowners who are on variable rate mortgages, looking at their bank statement, looking at their options. And for some of these people, you know, they're telling me the bank says, Hey, either, you know, you pay, a lot more than you have been paying, or we amortize your mortgage over a longer period of time and it takes you longer to pay it off. People are feeling a little bit of squeeze on that. So that is a trend that, you know, takes its time to work to work through the system. So I get questions, Martin. Lately, it's been this, John, look, we, we kind of need to sell. We want to sell. We're getting close, you know, to the end of the year. Uh, Christmas happens and things tend to slow down. Do you think we should put our house on the market now or should we wait until the spring? And that's always a tough question, but I talk through these things with clients. And a lot of it has to do with how you see the future unfolding in the next six months. A lot of it has to do with what your personal situation, maybe your financial situation. So these are conversations I'm having, you know, all over the place. But in the big picture, I'm always reminded that as a professional uh, who, you know, a lot of people will call me and, and end up when we work together, they rely on my advice. They rely on my expertise and they rely on me acting as a professional and carrying out my job with integrity. And, and that's really been, you know, the big thing on my mind lately, Martin, has been a lot of unknowns. Nobody's got a crystal ball. People take this business very seriously. It's, a, it's crucial to their lives and they need someone who has integrity and and again, integrity, it's two things. Integrity can mean strength. So the, the strength of your skill set, communication still, skills, negotiating skills, your experience that you bring to the table. But it also means, you know, integrity in terms of the way you operate. And, and, and at this time, when things are changing and we have, you know, new situations that are working their way through every day, I always focus on delivering integrity in every step of the process. I meet with people, I give them advice, I leave the door open for us to talk in the future. Uh, and when they hire me, I promise them to do a good job and to tell them the truth as I understand it. So over all of the little things we're talking about or the big things we're talking about, the trends in the market and that sort of thing, I always remind myself that what people really want is someone who will give them the straight goods, uh, someone who will not um, put pressure on them to you know, try to get a quick sale or get something signed. But to remember that when a real estate professional works for a buyer or a seller, they're working in a relationship that's all about the client and the client's interests. So let's talk about this, this program. I'd love to have a big uh, overview of what's gone on this year, what I expect to have happen. But the number one thing in my mind right now, when it comes to dealing with clients, is to give them good, accurate information and not pretend that I know the answers to everything or what might happen in the spring or what's going to happen with interest rates or any of these other things, but to be a friend uh, and a professional uh, who is there to help guide them through the process. And, you know, when we get on the market and the work begins, that's when I get to work. 
Yeah, and I guess the question you always get, like you say, is uh, is it a good time to sell? Uh, and and I guess it depends on the person. I mean, it might be kind of a sweet spot to sell, say if you were downsizing or something. But I guess when you talk to a client, it's going to matter or a lot that's going to matter is their position, uh, you know, where they plan to go, you know, how old they are. So everybody's different. Yeah. And let me put it this way. I've run into people who are um, very motivated sometimes financially with all the changes going on. And it's important for me to, you know, not drop the hammer and, and, you know, get a low list price or, or encourage price reductions very quickly and try to get things done quickly, but to go on their timeline and to try to hold tight and give them good advice. But, um, you know, when it comes to all those things, it depends, like you say, on the situation. There are other clients who, you know, I've had a call from a few people lately who've said, hey, John, you know, we really need to downsize. Financing's an issue. We think the bubble's going to, you know, at least deflate a little bit. And what's going to happen next year? But I bring up things like, hey, let's troubleshoot this. Okay, so you want to downsize. We could sell your home. What would that look like? Okay, we're early November right now. Maybe we hit the market. We get an offer within 30 days. Mid-December, you've got an offer and you've got to be out January 31st. How many listings are going to be on the market January 31st for you to look at? What is your what is your target? Are you looking at a condo? If you are, chances are there's going to be a few out there. If you're very specific on what you're looking for, it might make sense to wait until the spring because then when you get an offer and you sell, you may be in a better position to tie that to a purchase. So this is just one example of, you know, the moving parts in uh, helping somebody formulate a really good successful plan to make a move in this kind of market. All right. We're talking to John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint. You can find him online, johnnysmartpoint.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, smartpoint.com. You can also send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com, or uh, send him or send him a phone call. <laughs> Give him a call, 604-612-0080. And uh, I mean, the big part of this conversation is interest rates. And, uh, and while they're nowhere near as high as they were, say, in the 80s, they are, compared to recent history, really, really high. But I guess that's where a little bit of experience comes in. Because you said you've been, you're celebrating 27 years as a licensed real estate agent. What, what's the highest interest rate situation that you've seen in all that time? You know, I wasn't around in terms of being a real estate in the early 80s when things got really crazy. But I do remember those days um, as, a, you know, an older sort of a kid. And, uh, you know, in our household, that meant we were drinking powdered milk and I was wearing pants that were a little bit too short because I'd grown. So, you know, I, I do remember those days and there, there are pressures that are very real. Thank goodness we're nowhere near that kind of a problem. We, we don't have, in, you know, excessive interest rates. But Again, compared to what? If you look at what has happened in the last few years, let's face it, prices have virtually doubled, let's say, in, in a lot of segments in terms of residential real estate. And a lot of people in the last few years, we've been talking about this, Martin, you know, buyers were very desperate. They were throwing everything they had and more sometimes to compete to buy a property because there weren't very many options and they were afraid that if they didn't buy today, it would cost more tomorrow. So as a result, we have some people that are pretty strongly extended and extended at rates under 2% financing. Now, most of those for five-year terms, they're still in effect. Those, those sellers don't really have to worry about it right now. However, as time goes on, or if you were in a variable situation, um, th these interest rates that are not historically high, they're kind of average. However, when you, when you multiply that interest rate by the size of the mortgages that a lot of these people have, and you look at the fact that 
a lot for for most people the the income hasn't changed a whole lot it puts a lot more pressure and so we're in a situation right now where you know governments want to help bring real estate prices under control uh, which is fantastic they want to manage the overall economy so there's interest rate hikes that need to happen but at the same time i think that you know those people that the banks and the government that have the power to make these decisions are being very careful because homeowners over the last five years have extended themselves quite quite heavily so Given these situations, and let's not forget the the relative lack of supply in the real estate industry, when demand picks up again, we still haven't solved the you know the the supply issue. So, like I say, lots of moving parts for someone who's thinking: Should I hold on to my property? Should I sell? Should I downsize? Should I again leave the province? Other people have talked about that. It's a dynamic that is that needs to be understood, and uh, I do my best to help people navigate that that uh, you know that that process. Yeah, and I, I guess there's just so many moving parts, especially in BC and the Lower Mainland, because, you know, you talk about supply and properties coming up for sale, um, especially in the Lower Mainland. There, I mean, there are not a lot of opportunities for a lot of new new building and all that kind of stuff. So so it's it'll be an interesting question. And uh, those are the questions that we're talking about on this edition of Vancouver Consumer. Uh, I'm Martin Strong, along with John Carlson. You know him as Johnny SmartPoint. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com or give him a call 604-612-0080. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get more about uh, John's feeling about the big picture as we we kind of look towards the holiday season and, I can't believe it, but 2024. So we'll find out what John uh, believes might be in store for 2024 in the Vancouver real estate market when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this long weekend, Remembrance Day long weekend. I'm Martin Strong and our guest is Johnny Smartpoint. John Carlson, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website where you can find them. You can see uh, a couple of new listings there and you can see all the information about John, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also give him a call 604-612-0080 or send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And as we've been talking about, um, you can talk to John and uh, you may want to sell a property a year from now, or you may want to sell it tomorrow. Uh, either way, John can work with that. And uh, we're talking about uh, kind of uh, looking into the future because we're going into the holidays. I hate to say it, <laughs> but we are. And uh, also, uh, we are uh, looking at 2024. And I, I mentioned to you, John, about the big picture. And I'm sure we'll talk about the big picture. But I guess real estate in some ways is is all about the little details as well. And I guess you, you can get so caught up in the big picture. Where is the market going? Where is interest rates going? But, but uh, real estate is not always about that, is it? It's about the sort of specific details. You know, that's a great point because, you know, you want to try to look at the big picture if you're making a decision about a, a very important long-term financial and personal decision like, you know, buying or selling a home. Um, but when it comes right down to it, 
you know, you when you get to the job, you need to look at the kind of the micro details and what's happening out, especially in a market like this that's becoming much more balanced, as you say, Martin, or or competitive. And 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 you also mentioned, yeah, people can give me a call, and and I do get calls from people saying, hey, I don't know if I'm going to sell this year, but I want to talk to you. I want to, you know, spitball some ideas at you and get your get your thoughts on this and that. And and you know, actually, I really like that, Martin, because. First of all, I get to maybe make a relationship with someone I can do business with and, and work with in the future, which is always fantastic. But also these conversations, you know, they really do help me stay sharp. I mean, for instance, um, you know, I had a call lately from an investor that I've worked with uh, in the past a number of times, not a local fellow, but he, he owns local real estate. And, and he is quite a smart guy. And he is under the impression that, hey, you know, real estate locally has done what it's done. I've done what I can with my investments. And now... Let's come on with a schedule and uh, we'll talk about, you know, unloading these, uh, you know, over a schedule and which ones would you start with? And, you know, he gives me information about, you know, what kind of returns he's getting or what difficulties and he ranks his, you know, his, his investments. And, and then I give my thoughts on it. We make a decision. We go forward. And those are very enlightening conversations for me to have with, with people because I get to find out, you know, what are the people who own real estate or want to own real estate, what are they thinking and what are their plans? On the other hand, sometimes I'll have calls from people who just say, you know, John, we've been in our condo for five years. Uh, we have some equity. Now we have three kids, not one. It's a two bedroom condo. You know, we know the market might go up. We know it might go down, but really what we need to know is what can we do right now? Given the finances we have, we got a five to 10 year plan. We want to raise our family and be in a good area. And the big picture doesn't really matter as much because, you know, the priority here is, you know, the raising of the family and that sort of thing. So the more conversations that I can have with people who, you know, are realistically looking at buying or selling real estate, they want to, you know, I learn as much as I help others learn when I'm having these conversations because it keeps me in tune with what's going on. Let's face it, the real estate market and pricing has nothing to do with what any real estate agent, like I say, or, or predict. It has everything to do with what the consumers are willing and able to do in the market. And up until this you know, year, we've had a situation that's been very tilted, low interest rates, high demand, uh, low supply, and it's created a situation where prices went to record highs. We're very resilient here, but let's face it, the recipe has changed. So it's very, very important if you're talking about real estate and making a plan that's going to affect you and your family for many, many years financially and otherwise to try to get the best picture you can. And again, I go back to integrity, operating, uh, you know, giving good advice, not pressuring people, being available to people to help them, understanding that I'm not perfect and I'm not omniscient. I don't know everything about the market. I don't control the market. But again, if I'm dealing with buyers and sellers on a daily basis and I'm building up my expertise level uh, and I'm able to communicate effectively with people, I, I really feel I'm in a good position to help people make good decisions. And then when they execute those decisions to get good results, that's really what the smart point is about. Mm, Johnny Smart Point. Uh, JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. So what's, are, are there things you're seeing lately, maybe just passing sort of uh, coincidences that you're seeing that, that you're noticing, say, for example, condos, maybe are, are, are certain sectors of the market? sort of taking off in your opinion or is it all kind of business as usual well affordable properties generally have a bigger audience and that makes them a little more resilient to um to changes price wise but i'll tell you one thing that i've noticed again i do a lot of uh i work with buyers a lot of my buyers are people whose homes i've sold uh, because i do quite a um, you know a volume of, of listing sales 
And one trend that I'm, I'm finding, especially in the last couple of months, and you know, there's nothing wrong with this, but on my listings, if, if I go back one, two, three months, I am seeing a huge difference in the number of what people might call lowball offers. In other words, buyers are coming out, taking a look at a property. I'm talking to those agents. Oh, great. Hey, my client's interested in me. Go write an offer. Well, I've had a few lately, Martin, that were, you know, like offers 20, 25% under the list price. Like just quite frankly, you know, I hate to word the, use the word ridiculous, but offers that my sellers have no interest in. And right. of course, sometimes these are very easy to deal with because I call my seller and they say, hey, tell the guy to go pound sand. And I very nicely get back to people and say, hey, you know what? We appreciate your offer. We're open for business. We're open-minded. However, you know, if we have this big of a difference of opinion, it's kind of a non-starter. Feel free to come back with something more serious. But I'm seeing buyers out there who are testing sellers because I think there's a feeling out there that some sellers may be uh, you know, getting desperate. And it's a little early in the turn. As you mentioned, prices haven't dropped all that much, although we've had three straight months of pretty much across the board price drops on on average in terms of Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley. But I find the buyers again, hey, they have more leverage. Their buyers got kicked around for a few years. And now, uh, you know, you can kind of take your time. The trend is a little bit more, hey, maybe if I wait, maybe I'll get a better price. Or, hey, maybe this person's been on the market. I've, they've been on the market 30 days. I've seen two price drops. Maybe they're desperate. Let's throw a low offer at it and see where it goes. So um, I'm seeing a little bit more of that in the market. That would be the number one thing that comes to my mind, Martin. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, lowballing like that in a market like this, um, I, 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 does that ever work? Especially in this market, I wonder. Well, I remember back in the, um, you know, in the late 90s when we were having a little bit of trouble there and we'd come off the high from 94 and you know buyers were there was the leaky condo crisis for instance and people were in a little bit of trouble they had assessments they couldn't pay the banks didn't want to pay them and i remember you know i was a fairly new agent at that time but i remember seeing stories and, and seeing situations where people just had to get out of these these condos they were scared of you know mold and further assessments and money they couldn't pay to do all these repairs and even at, you know at that stage that the banks even started to step in and say hey we're going to cover some of these assessments and buyers did very very well well snapping up uh you know those kind of properties at that time and again of course the, the market blossomed and there was a lot of money to be made so i never blame anybody for writing an offer from a buyer's point of view that's let's call it optimistic uh and and i'm not saying that this is i mean this is not a, a huge part of the market right now you just asked me about a trend and that is something that seems to be getting a little bit more common where a buyer is not necessarily willing to you know to, to to go out with his or her best offer right off the bat they want to test the water they put their toe in they put a low offer they see what happens and again, this comes down to experience. How do you respond to that as a seller if somebody does throw an offer at you? Uh, you know, I, I it's not it's not attractive. I mean, I, I generally recommend to my sellers, hey, let's take emotion out of this. Let's not get offended. Uh, we can tell them to go away nicely, but keep the door open in case they really are true buyers and they're just not sure because. Right now, there's a fear, and I think it's a very legitimate fear. Buyers don't want to pay too much. They they see the changes out there. They've they've seen prices come down a little bit, but they wonder what does the future hold. So, one trend again, that trend that I see is where buyers are very cautious, uh, or even outright optimistic in their offers. And I think having good representation on your side to help deal with those sorts of things, and and if there is any you know, gold to be panned out of that low offer that someone with experience might be able to coax that forward. And at the very least, if there's not to, you know, help move on and, and, and go from there. John Carlson is our guest. Johnny Smart Point, 
johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. His phone number is 604-612-0080. And uh, you are about to celebrate 27 years as a real estate agent. And uh, I mean, that's some experience, especially in, a, in markets when they, you know, they go up and they go down and, and the conditions change so much. I mean, what, give me an example of, of how uh, an experienced realtor, it, why an experienced realtor is so important. Well, again, um, Experience is one thing, and I remember uh, somebody who, somebody I respected in the business, a, a, a trainer many years ago, said, "You know, there's two kinds of experience. There's somebody that might have 20 years of experience, but it's like one year times 20, or there's 20 years of experience where you c- accumulate over the years. So, you know, not everyone experiences experience the same way. I guess you could say, but I think generally, if someone is a full-time agent who has a track record." of you know doing a lot of uh, business successfully year after year after year those memory banks kind of get filled and it's it's interesting with the changes going on uh, and now that the shoes on the other foot so to speak and buyers have a fair bit of leverage and buyers feel like time is on their side um, you know some of these i remember some things back from 10 or 15 years ago so experience is a big part of it but if a person had experience but didn't have the integrity to, you know, to use it, there could be a, you know, that that might not be a good thing either. So when I look at the when I look at the experience thing, I think, okay, you need to be experienced, but you also need to remember who you're working for and use everything that you have for your client, not to try to twist anybody's arm, not to try to pressure anyone, not to worry about, you know, how quickly can I get this sold and move on to something else? But to actually stand in the shoes of the client, understand their situation and say, hey, you know, if this were me or or in the case, I'll give you a quick example. I'm working with a fantastic lady. I want to say hi to Alma. We've already sold her house and we're looking at properties tomorrow and she's a buyer ready to go. And we've seen a few, but it hasn't been the right one yet. I got to meet Alma because I worked with her son and, and his wife when they sold their home and they moved out to Alberta. So another trend there. And when 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 Derek, I want to say hi to Derek as well, uh, and Lindsay, he called me and he, he said to me, and this really touched me, he said, you know, John, I know that you'll treat my mom as if she's your own family member, you know, your own mom. And I thought, you know, well, that's important. That puts a little bit more pressure on you. So, uh, you know, I always am telling the truth as I understand it and working for my clients to the best. But you know, when it comes down to, um, you know, what my role is, I never forget these people. I try to stand in their shoes and give them the best advice. And I'll tell you, it's a huge thrill. I can't announce this right now because it's still in the works, but I've got another client and uh, we're working on a deal and things. She started thinking things might be bleak because the market had slowed down and I wasn't able to meet her expectations. But you know what? We were patient. We turned away a couple of um, lowball offers. We worked at it. And the result that we're about to cap right now is is just a big win. And uh, that, you know, that's that's the best part of this business. Mm-hmm. Well, we started th- this show talking about balance in the real estate market. And that was the word uh, to, 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 you know, to think about when dealing with this market. But another word is integrity. And that is John Carlson of 2% Realtor. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. His number is 604-612-0080. You can also send him an email at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. Well, John, thanks so much for talking to us, and we will talk to you very, very soon. I'll be back. Thanks so much. 
All right. John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. When we come back on Vancouver Consumer, it's the amazing story as uh, we commemorate Remembrance Day today, the amazing story of a Canadian serviceman who died two minutes before armistice became official, before the ceasefire happened. That amazing story when we come back on Vancouver Consumer right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. I hope you're enjoying the long weekend as today we observe Remembrance Day. It's a tradition that started in 1919 by King George V to remember the end of the First World War on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The armistice was signed actually at 5.45 a.m. on November 11th, but came into effect at 11 a.m. Paris time. It marked a victory for the Allies and a defeat for Germany, although not formally a surrender. Sadly, though, the fighting continued right up to the 11th hour, with more than 2,738 men dying on that last day of World War I. One chilling memory of that final day was the death of Canadian George Price of the 28th Battalion. Price, who was from Nova Scotia, was shot and killed on the battlefield in Belgium just minutes before 11 a.m., the time when the shooting would stop. His battalion had just been ordered to stay and wait, but that's all they were told. Stay put and stay out of danger was the order. The soldiers had no idea that a ceasefire was just minutes away, but Price made the decision on his own to go on ahead and leave his battalion so he could check the immediate area for enemy soldiers. That's where he was hit by a sniper's bullet. The German soldiers also didn't know that a ceasefire was just moments away at exactly 11 a.m. So George Lawrence Price is believed to be the last Canadian killed in World War I with his time of death listed as 10.58 a.m. And that just gives you an idea of how deadly and traumatic the First World War was. It's estimated that close to 65,000 Canadians died in the four years of fighting the so-called war to end all wars. So understandably, the news of the peace agreement here in this country was a big cause for celebration. And back in 1918, the news of peace hit Vancouver just before midnight. Many people were wondering what was going on at that late hour. The nine o'clock gun at Stanley Park was fired more than a dozen times. Ships in the harbor were loudly blowing their horns. Vancouverites were pouring out into the streets. The Vancouver Sun reported it in 1918 with these two words, armistice signed. All night long, the newspapers were flooded with phone calls with people desperate to make sure it was really true. Back then, the newspapers were pretty much the main source of news. There was no Twitter back then, obviously. Not even radio, not even CKNW to confirm the news. And that was uh, today in 1918, as people here in Vancouver celebrated the end of the war to end all wars as we do today on Remembrance Day. This is Vancouver Consumer. Coming up, a Bank of Canada exec says, don't hold your breath for interest rates to go down. And Taylor Swift tickets went on sale for the Vancouver shows. 
uh, this past Thursday. Oh, and it was a scene, man. I've got all those stories along with all the other consumer news of the week when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.